Stick to God's plan. Right. Talk to the y'all know what song I'm talking about. <laughs> Let me also, before I get into the message, uh, uh, I had some great barbecue today. And I want to honor my brother and my sister, Ed and Tom. Give them a hand, Ed. Great, great, great brisket, great spud. I said, I said, I said, uh, Ed came over and he said, what you want to drink? He said, sweet tea, lemonade, Kool-Aid. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. What kind of Kool-Aid you got? He said, bread. I said, bread. <laughs> so we had a good time and, and, and that spud almost put me to sleep. I almost didn't make it tonight. And, and, and Ed also noticed that you got on some nice shoes. Show him your shoes, Ed. You know, we talked about shoes over there and he got some nice shoes on tonight. Two hour elected officials. Clergy, community leaders, businessmen, garbage folk, whomever. If you're here tonight, wherever you're from, thank you for being here tonight. But again, we're here to celebrate. So please say with me, I came, I came to celebrate. I came. To celebrate. to celebrate. And before we move into the message, I want to make sure that I'm in the right place tonight, Odessa. I want to make sure that we're in a place that, where we can celebrate the God of our salvation. Right. Am I in the right place tonight? Yeah. Am I in the right place tonight? Yeah. Can we celebrate the God who makes a way out of no way? celebrate a God who puts food on the table? Yes. Can we celebrate a God who has kept us over 400, 500 years of the Christmas? Talk to me, Odessa. Can we celebrate tonight? Amen. I got a good group in here. Amen. And so, let me also honor my, my, my new friend here, uh, Pastor C.T. Redden. Uh, who, who told me, uh, I'm not going to take the story that he told me, uh, but he kind of jeeped me a little bit. So thank God for the pastor uh, as well. So the message tonight is inspired by the 23rd chapter of Matthew and the 11th verse. My favorite verse it says, simple, I got some Bible readers in the room. He that is greatest among you will be your servant. Let me say that again. He that is greatest among you will be your servant, Pastor. And so in this passage, Jesus is talking to us 
about the importance of greatness and service. He said that if you want to be great, then you must serve. And oftentimes we confuse success and greatness. Young people of Odessa, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't serve others, you won't be great. You can drive a fancy car and wear the best clothes and put on a double-breasted suit, but if you aren't committed to serving the least of these, you won't achieve greatness. Success tells us on the one hand, what is your day job? But greatness says on the other hand, what is your life task? Success tells us on the one hand, what is your career? But greatness tells us on the other hand, what is your calling? Come on now. In Martin King's, one of his great speeches, The Drum Major Instinct, he told us that we don't have to be the smartest to serve. That's right. You don't have to be well paid to serve. You don't have to know the theory of thermodynamics to serve Odessa. All you need is a heart generated by what? By love. And you can be a servant. And Odessa, when you decide to serve and lead like Nat Turner, like Harriet Tubman, like Martin King, like Malcolm X, you find out that serving and leading is not for the faint of heart. It is a contact sport. Talk to me somebody. And when you decide to fight and do what's right for others, you end up fighting on the battlefield. And so I stopped by here tonight, Odessa, to talk to you from the subject, I'm on the battlefield. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you on the battlefield? That's how we the time tonight. So what is the battlefield, Odessa? The battlefield is a place where enemies come to settle a score. The battlefield is a place where there's, there's a, 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 a fight. Maybe folks are fighting over property. Maybe they're fighting over interests. Maybe they're fighting over land. And in some places, they're fighting over people. Right. And as African Americans, we know the battlefield all too well. Talk to me. We've seen the Civil War. We've been on that battlefield. We've seen the Revolutionary War. We've been on that battlefield. Some of us, we've got some veterans in the room. I'm a veteran. We've served in the Iraq War. We've been on that battlefield. And I'll even go back and say the Underground Railroad was a battlefield for us. Am I right? But what I discovered is that for everyday people, for black and brown people, every day we are on the battlefield fighting. We're fighting for our freedom. We're fighting for equal rights. We're fighting for better wages. We're fighting for safe neighborhoods. And when I look around the room and I look at our young people, when I think about Eric Garner, when I think about Tamir Rice, when I think about Trayvon Martin, when I think about Eric Garner who can't breathe, we're fighting to just ensure that our young people come home safely at night. We're fighting on the battlefield. And so the battlefield is a place of identity. The battlefield is a place of purpose. The battlefield is a place of promise and it is also a place of power. Let's talk about identity for a moment. The battlefield will teach you who you are. 
You know, William Butler Yates said it takes more courage to examine yourself for a soldier to fight on the battlefield. On the battlefield of life, you find out what type of soldier you are. You find out, are you built for this type of fight? There's, there's, there's an NFL player who we found out was built for the battlefield. Let's give a hand for Brother Colin Kaepernick and his courage and his fight for others. They talked about Colin like a dog. They, they, they confused his message of activism and turned it into something else. Colin put it all on the line. His career is over, am I right? His career is over, but he sacrificed and put it all on the line for others. Now I wonder how many of us in this room are willing to put it all on the line to help and serve others for a bigger cause. The battlefield will teach you, but the battlefield also shows us that in different situations, we all will respond differently. We can go home tonight and, and take three pots of hot water, put it on the stove, and put three different items in those pots, and we'll get a different result every time, Pastor. You take that first pot of Odessa, and you put an egg in it, and you watch it get hard. You take that second pot, and you put vegetables in it, and you watch it get soft. Yeah. You take that third pot and you put coffee in it and watch it flavor the whole house. Yeah. Now we can learn something from these pots because we're similar. Some of us, we go through the battlefield, we go through tough times, and we get hard. Yeah. We get mad at the world. Yeah. We shut everybody out. We become very, 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 very mean. Yeah. That second pot. Some of us get soft. We began to cry about our problems. We began to whine. We began to blame the world for everything that happens to us. But then there's a, there's a group of us who come out of that third pot. And when we walk through the battlefield of life, when we see adversity, when jealousy and bigotry and hatred is coming our way, we stand tall and we flavor the house. Oh, yes, sir. And given everything that is happening in this country, given the dilapidated schools that we are facing, given the health issues that we are facing, given the degradation and the demeaning uh, 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 rhetoric coming from the, the White House, we need some drum majors, we need some soldiers, and we need some fighters who are ready to play for the house. And, that's a... and so the battlefield also will teach you who your friends are. Have, 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 have you ever been on the battlefield and friends have turned their back on you? Talk to me, somebody. You're going through the battlefield of life and the enemy fire is coming from the left and the right and the person who you thought had your back, you turn around and they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. Teach you who your friends are. Now, young people, this is for you. I heard a lot of you are champions in sports. And sports is good. I'm an athlete. I grew up and I averaged 26 points per game when I was in high school. Just a little bit there. Okay. But I want you to know that sports is great. Sports is a vehicle to build character. It is a vehicle to build camaraderie. It is a vehicle to build life skills. But let me tell you, it is not the end-all, be-all. The focus should be on your education. And when you're on that battlefield of the football field, when you're on the basketball 
battlefield. And when those Friday night lights shut down, and when you stop scoring touchdowns, and you stop dunking the ball, you find out who really cares about you. You find out who your friends are. And if you focus on that education, no one can ever take that away from you. It doesn't matter what happens on the basketball court. It doesn't matter what happens on the football field. It's all about your education. Am I right? Right. The battlefield will teach you who your friends are. And while I'm on that note, talking about our young people, I think it's important that we talk about how important positive affirmations and positive words are for each and every one of us. You know, I, I can't even watch television nowadays. It's hard for me to turn on CNN or MSNBC or Fox because there's so much negativity coming out of, out of our televisions. The rhetoric, our political discourse is going to the garbage. Black and brown people are being questioned. Our existence is being questioned. Our intellect is being questioned each and every day. And so I think it's important that, that we wake up and we see our brother and sister and we just say good morning. Yeah. And we just say, how are you? We just say you look nice today. Positive affirmations go a long way for moving forward and serving and helping another person. The battlefield will teach you about your identity. But the battlefield will also teach you, Odessa, whose you are. I've been, you've been on the battlefield and you just have to drop to your knees and say, Father, order my steps. I've been, you've been on the battlefield and you just say, Lord, you are my shepherd. Yeah. How many of you have been on the battlefield and, and, and jealousy and hatred and bigotry is coming your way and you say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Talk to me, Odessa. The battlefield is a place of identity. Now the battlefield is a place of identity, but it's also, Pastor Mr. Wayne, a place of purpose. On the battlefield, you find out why you're here. Turn to your neighbor and say, why are you here? Are you living or are you existing? Are you here to gossip or are you here to give back to the need? Are you here to complain or are you here to create opportunity? Are you here to play or are you here to pray? What are you here to do? Thinking of purpose reminds me of Dr. King in 1955. And if you read about Dr. King, you know that he didn't want to be involved in the movement. He went to divinity school. He wanted to just be a preacher and come back and preach the social gospel just like his dad. But the movement called him. And so he was at his house one night. Coretta was sleeping. The children were sleeping. He put a pot of coffee on the stove and the phone rang out. He picked up the phone. He said, hello. And the voice over the phone said, in word, if you don't leave Montgomery, then you will die. Dr. King hung up the phone shaking, fearing for his life. He grabbed a, a cup of coffee, shaking, sat at the table. Pastor, and, 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 and he said, God, I don't know why I'm here, but if this is for me, then let it be for me. And from that moment, he moved in purpose and led the 1955 Montgomery bus boycott. Odessa, I'm here to tell you that 
the battlefield is a place of purpose. Now, I, I want to remind you that also our purpose, and I'm going to keep coming back to this, is to build up our young people. And, 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 and I have to continue to say that because we got to learn how to lift up and talk to our young people. We have to ask ourselves, are we elders or are we old people? Now there's a difference between an elder and an old person. An old person looks at young people and, and talks down to them. Javorian, why you got your hair like that? Won't you get a hat? That's what old people say. Elders say, yeah, I, I like your hat. I like, I, I like how you look, young man. How your brain's coming. You got, a, you got a good GPA. You're doing well. Keep doing what you're doing. That's an elder. A, 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 a old person says, young man, pull your pants up. An elder says, how you doing, young man? How you doing, young lady? I see that you don't have a belt. Let me go buy you one. Let's talk. And, 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 and we always tell our young people, pull up your pants. But I submit to you, Odessa, if we lift up their minds, their pants will follow. The battlefield is a place of purpose. The battlefield is a place of identity, of purpose, but it's also a place of promise. All right, all right. Me meaning that the best is yet to come. Yes. yes. Right. I appreciate my amen quarter right here. <laughs> you know, James 1 and 2 says, count it all joy yes. when you fall into diverse temptation. And so things can look so bleak on the battlefield, but if you just hold on, the blessing is around the corner. History teaches us that the battlefield produces promise. When we think about Emmett Till, it was the death of Emmett Till that produced what we know as the Civil Rights Movement. Emmett was killed in Mississippi and they moved his body back to Chicago with all the world watching. And his mother, Mamie Till, so courageous, said, leave the casket open. I want the world to see what hatred, what bigotry, yeah. what racism did to my baby. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, I, I don't have a moment to hate. Uh -huh. I will pursue justice for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so Emmett Till's death produced the civil rights movement. The war on drugs in the 1980s where our families were torn apart. Our fathers and mothers were ripped out of our homes. Men incarcerated at, 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 at extremely high levels. The war on drugs produced billionaires and great role models like a Jay-Z. Talk to me, young people. It was the 2008 recession and the handling of the Katrina situation by the Bush administration that produced our first African-American president, Barack Hussein Obama. And we ought to give him a hand for his leadership and his service. Oh, how we miss Barack Hussein Obama. The battle produces promise. You know, God sent you through a storm and you found out that you were waterproof. Talk to me, Odessa. So the battlefield is a place of identity. 
The battlefield is a place of purpose. The battlefield is a place of promise, but the battlefield is also a place of power. Help me say power. Power is a collective word, meaning that we can do things together. Now, one of my favorite shows on television is Power. How many of you watch Power? It's a good show. I can't. I cancel my subscription when the show ended, but I will pick it up once it starts again. But in this show, the main character, Ghost, is a drug dealer and an entrepreneur. And he and his team, they move around collectively, and they work together for a common goal each episode. Now, I don't condone drug dealing in, in, in any way, shape, form, or fashion, but I like the way that they work together. We can learn a lot from watching that show. If we put our differences aside, Odessa, and come together with a clear vision, we can change our communities. Odessa, I stopped by to tell you that there is power in the battlefield. If we use our collective power, we can elect our own politicians. If we use our collective power, we can create high quality schools for our children. If we use our collective power, we can stop chemical plants from coming into our communities and giving us asthma and cancer. If we use our collective power, we can register folks to vote. If we use our collective power, we can get rid of Donald Trump in 2020. Oh, yes, I stop by to tell you there's power on the battlefield. But as I go to my seat, Mr. Wayne is giving me the look. The, the old hymn tells us that I was alone and idle. I was a sinner too. But I heard a voice from heaven talk to me, saying, There is work to do. And so I took my master's hand and I joined the Christian band. I'm on the battlefield tonight for my Lord. And while you're on the battlefield for your Lord, get on the battlefield for the homeless. Get on the battlefield for the motherless. Get on the battlefield for the fatherless. Get on the battlefield for our young people. Get on the battlefield for the incarcerated. We've got to get on the battlefield of justice, Odessa. But there's power in the battlefield. But there's also power in the cross. Legend has it that a mother and a son went to the shopping mall. And they went to buy a few things. The mother went to one side of the mall, young man went to the other side of the mall, and somehow they lost one another. The mother looked for her son, she couldn't find him. She was worried, but she went on home hoping that someone would contact her and let her know where her son was. The young man looked for his mother, couldn't find his mother, Pastor, Miss Joanne. And so they closed the mall. And later on that night, a police officer patrolling the area and he found the young man, saw the young man sitting on a stoop. And he said, young man, are you lost? The young man said, yes, sir, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. He said, young man, what, where do you live? The young man said, sir, I don't know. We just moved here. He said, well, what is the, what is the phone number? Can I call your mother? 
And he said, sir, I, I, I don't know my phone number. Well, he said, son, I'm trying to help you. How can I get you home? Is there a landmark? Well, we can help get you home. Young man said, said Mr. Police Officer, down the street from my house, there's a church. And on top of the church, there's a steeple. And on top of the steeple, there's a cross. So Mr. Police Officer, if you take me to the cross, I can find my way all by myself. Yeah, yeah. So just tonight, if you see me on the battlefield looking lost, if you see me on the battlefield fighting for justice, if you see me on the battlefield fighting for our young people, 